Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. I'm very, very excited to have Michelle Buteau here on this episode. You might know her as a comedian, as a host. She's got an upcoming uh, Netflix special out called Welcome to Butopia. She's the host of the Netflix social experiment called The Circle. She's also a new mom. She's just an all-around insanely lovely human being. And I had such a wonderful conversation with her about uh, starting in journalism at the Florida International University to now... uh, making furniture with her Dutch husband. She is into so many things, is so busy, and has some really great pieces of advice and information for you on this episode of Not Too Deep. Enjoy. Wonderful. Um, Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. You are, even in these wild times, the busiest lady. You have so many <laughs> things going on. It's so incredible. It's so exciting. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, but I'll start with something that I completely forgot that you were involved in because it feels like a thousand years ago, the circle. Yes. January 1st feels like another lifetime for it, sure. It really does. Also, it's very bizarre. I was just like thinking through that whole concept of a series that how you guys kind of predicted the way we would all be existing with each other. You know, I, I have to give a shout out to the production company, Studio oh. Lambert, because it's originally a, a show in the UK and they have different versions of it now. Um, mm. There's a French version, Brazilian, and then the American version. And um, God, I love me some reality TV. And then also like with a dollop of social experiment, like sign me up. Mm-hmm. But who knew that it um, would be a sign of the times and then right. also so COVID friendly to shoot. We're going to actually get into season two and three this year. Oh, nice. So. I was going to ask if there's more because I feel like at least for myself, I took a second to dive in because, you know, being in the Internet world, I was like, uh oh, is this going to make me feel gross about like the way I've lived right. my life? But then I immediately being a super fan of all things reality TV and social experiment, like obviously ate it up. Uh, when it was pitched to you or presented to you, how how was it presented? Did you watch the UK version first? Yeah, I mean, I read um, I read about the show and it mm-hmm. seemed like not gross, but I'm just like, yeah. oh man, why are we in a competition? Um, mm. You know, why can we catfish, you know, and uh, it just sounded crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it and I said, oh my God, this is something that I would love to be a part of because, you know, it's so important really mm-hmm. for people who are not comfortable on social media um, because either they're just not comfortable, they don't know how to navigate or they're not comfortable with themselves. This is important for people who ha- are new to social media, have never been on it. And they're like, how do I do it? Because you have to do it to work now, especially in these times. Right. Um, Amazing. The stories of people that would catfish, you know, the fact that they have been internet bullied and just want to be somebody else Mm. really gives a different side to catfishing that we've never seen before. Yeah. It's it's always like they're the enemy. And it's like, no, we're all just like beautiful souls trying to get through the damn day. And sometimes the likes, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people live in the likes. That is a fact. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I watched a couple of seasons, I was like, oh, my goodness, I have to do this show. Plus, they were like, you get to be your sassy self. I said, stop me up. Oh, that's so Sign good. Yes. yes. Melissa was just saying before you got on that she thought that you weren't utilized to your full potential on that show and that we could do with more, obviously. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> but the I think it's so wonderful because, yeah, it is something that's usually kind of looked at in a like, could be looked at in a gross or like shameful lens. And I feel like it gave a chance to handle it more gently and to like allow people to showcase their complexities in a way that we just write off so quickly. Yes. And the fact that um, the casting was so beautifully done, mm-hmm. because if you're really going to showcase the diversity of America, you know, it's sort of like the voice, right? Where yeah. it, it's young and old. It's not just like 18 to 24. You totally. know, it's, it's young people that haven't been on the internet, like shoe bomb. Yeah. Um, it is Ed from Pennsylvania who has his mom with him because a lot of people check in with their moms. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I have a friend who asks her mom uh, to reread every email she sends because she's a bit fiery. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be like, she's a bitch. (laughs) Her mom's a built-in PR woman. Yeah, it's great. Look, her mom married it and now she has a kid. Look, I don't need to get into other people's history. Okay. (laughs) But that's also, the crazy thing is like how big the circle was. That's just like a small dot on the whole like orchestra of things that you have going on this year. It's a small circle. It's a small circle. I'm so excited that there's more of it. That's great. I'm very, because my, in watching it, my biggest like question when it was done was, oh man, how are people going to approach this in upcoming seasons now that there's a little bit of a blueprint for some people? I know. I know. That's the thing, right? Everyone has a plan when they go in, but I will say, um, you never know how people are going to react to your picture. Your profile picture Mm. says a lot, you know, Mm. whether you know it or not. And, um, playing the circle is sort of like doing stand-up comedy where you can be prepared but what's your once you're in there mm-hmm. you know you just gotta roll with the punches you really never know totally well um i want to know a little bit more about your start in stand-up because i know that you originally went to school thinking about journalism yeah and you went to the florida international university i sure did okay what is, how international was that university oh, no. <laughs> nobody spoke english honey it was so international wow that's where you go when you can't get into the university of miami i went to florida <laughs> international university and people will be like damn michelle your english is so good i'm like i'm so sorry i am the american <laughs> i'm sorry um but it was a beautiful ass place to go to school you know i mean the dominican guys playing baseball um mm-hmm. i didn't even know what j-pop and k-pop was wow um yeah it was just it was an awesome place to go to school and i always want to be a reporter like i just like um sort of watching a story and then recapping that's that's my jam Exactly. Exactly. And I was in this TV production class with, um, and this professor was asking us, you know, what we want to do. People want to be directors and um, screenwriters. And I said, I want to be a reporter. And he said in front of the whole class, I'll never forget this. Um, he said, well, you're just simply too fat to be on camera. <gasps> and, um, I didn't even question him because, you know, I was brought up to not question authority to respect yeah. my elders, especially my teachers. And, um, and to be honest, I didn't see anyone that looked like me on TV either. So I was like, wow. oh, okay, I guess he's right. And um, now I could just like flip a table like a Jersey housewife. I'm just <laughs> like, how dare you tell a kid what they can and cannot fucking do? We should only be lifting them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I really want him to be watching all my stuff on Netflix, but he's probably dead. <laughs> but the point is, you know, I'm, um, I, uh, I like to call myself like a slow simmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it took me a while to really believe in myself um, because I sort of always waited for people's permission mm. to do stuff. And um, I actually kept getting that note that she's uh, really funny and she could write for us, but she's just simply too big to be on camera. And so wow. that's something I actually heard from an EP, an executive producer not Elvis Presley. And so <laughs> that like, guy. Elvis Presley did what? I feel like, um, <laughs> can someone give him a mirror for a second? Oh, too <laughs> soon. Uh. <laughs> All those banana and peanut butter, jelly, peanut butter, jelly, peanut butter, banana sandwiches. Yeah. I'm fine. English is my first language. I can't believe I'm <laughs> so hard. So, um, yeah, I just worked in production. So I was like, okay, cool. I still want to be creative. I still want to be part of the TV process. Mm-hmm. Um, and local news was just sort of something I fell into. I went to WSBN Fox affiliate in Miami and wow. to get an internship, but they were hiring. And all of a sudden I was just working as a news editor and, uh, I liked it. I liked the fast pace of it. I love that news is, um, you feel like you're helping, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if they- it's like you have a part in something sure um, you know the news will always happen so you always have a job mm-hmm. um, and then when I graduated I started working at WNBC which is the local NBC um, station in New York City in 2001 oh, cool. 
So yeah, that's kind of like how I got into it. But there was always this little part of me where I was just like so tired of editing these basic bitches to look good. Mm, like, mm-hmm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. so tired of giving you my juju and you are yeah. just fucking up because you can wear a crop top. You dumb bitch. <laughs> and so, I mean, this is a moment to be had, honey. Yeah. Now, things with sex scenes. Uh, really? Okay. I want to yes. find out how you prep for that. Um, But that, I mean, it must have given you such an interesting perspective on one, like as a comedian, you're making observations about people and the world constantly. And to come from news, that just kind of makes sense that that would be a little bit of an evolution for you to be able to have more freedom and use your voice and your juju and not give it to anyone else to take advantage of in any way. Was there, was there like a moment that you kind of like pivoted or was there like kind of over time you just slowly found yourself leaning towards a comedy world? I was never leaning towards comedy. People were leaning towards comedy for me. I mm. always had coworkers who were just like, you're so funny. You should do stand up. And I'm like, I've been to shows. They're all sweaty. They're all sad. They're all fucking broke. I don't like yeah. to be broke. I like my lights on. I don't <laughs> like blowjob jokes. Yeah. I don't like porn jokes. These motherfuckers seem sad. Plus, there was no women. So again, I didn't mm. feel seen. So I was like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about because there's people that do the stand-up and then there's like Wanda Sykes or Margaret Cho. And I'm like, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. Like, I haven't been doing this since I was 18. So I don't know how to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, I would definitely tell stories. Um, people like the stories. I would write emails about like my roommate that had an all-white cat named Cocaine and she'd always put like olive oil on her face. And her hair and all her doorknobs were like so fucking slippery. I'm like, girl, you gotta get your fucking shit together. <laughs> but people were like, this is so funny. You know, you should do it in Scrooge. And I'm like, yeah. But I mean, so I was already thinking about it. And I even took a class to like figure out what a joke was. And I was like, I don't know that this is for me. Mm. And then, um, and then 9 11 happened and I was working and I worked through it. And, um, and we, I mean, it's pretty much all I did for like the next four years, but that week was so fucking bananas because, you know, you're just sitting in this dark five by five edit bay with no windows and a writer mm. who just starts crying or you start crying and news is coming in and you have to like somehow edit around, um, gruesome shit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember our news director was just like, well, we're going to offer therapy to everybody if you guys want it. And I was like, no, I'm good. I think I'm just going to like try stand up again. <laughs> like, just try it. Like, yeah, since I already took a class, I'm going to see what this is. And so September 14th, 2001 was the first time I did stand up. Wow. And I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. So you've been using comedy to process major world tragedies for a while. Yes. Uh, that's fascinating. And also, okay, in terms of you going and studying and like you are a storyteller, now you have a book coming out called Survival of the Thickest. And is yeah. these are short stories from you. Yeah. Yes. Is okay. Well, is well there... these are plus size stories in a small minded world. I love it. 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 Is there, because on top of that, I mean, you have so much going on. You're Welcome to Butopia, which is your first uh, special coming out at the end of September. Yeah. How do you yeah. choose what goes into a book versus what you use for stage? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that material chooses itself, okay. if that makes sense. Because, you know, some of the stuff I write about that is, um, personal and sincere and traumatic will definitely go in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Also growing up and, you know, stories from my childhood. I mean, some are really great for stage or even storytelling on stage, but some just need to live in print. And so it's been a very interesting process, even editing the book. So I'm like, ah, I said that on stage. I didn't even remember saying that. Because it really is just me. I mean, I think people think I'm out here writing jokes and like, for the most part, yes, I'm formulating stuff, but like, this is just, you know, it, it, she is who she is. And so it's been really fun and crazy and um, fulfilling and draining, mm-hmm. um, putting yourself out there. And, you know, for a good minute, I would just like give myself like hot liquid diarrhea, just thinking about <laughs> this 
book coming out because like when you do like a sex storytelling show you're in a dark room mm-hmm. no one can take video or pictures and it's just like you know it's like therapy it just goes yeah. away and you feel better like after you say it but now with the book it is in print Ooh. so people are gonna know uh-huh and people are gonna have a much more intimate experience with a book versus you like on stage that they see and then it the story goes into the ether somewhere this is gonna be like a tangible thing that people can spend time with uh is there i think the the cool thing about you too is that you live so authentically out loud you're very much yourself and you share a lot of like really personal things very publicly is that can people expect that from the book as well oh for sure you know i didn't I didn't go into stand up or into hosting or whatever to say, I'm going to put all my business out there. Uh, Cause I don't know how to shut up. That's not <laughs> who she is. There yeah. is some business that people don't know. Of course I can't talk about everything, even though I'd love to, but mm-hmm. you know, um, after doing a podcast and doing other people's podcasts, even storytelling shows, I realized, um, the feedback was just different than I had a shit dang made me laugh. The feedback was like, I feel less alone. Um, Mm. A doctor did that to me too. Or I, I, you know, a nurse treated me like this as well. And so, you know, if I can somehow make people feel less alone, that is way more important than getting a laugh. It's the only thing I want to fucking do. And, you know, um, and if I could do that through sharing my stories, that's, that's what I'm going to fucking do because, you know, we all have a gift and it's like, if we're not using it, then what the fuck are you doing? Good, you yeah. know what you're good at. Do it. I think that's so powerful. And I think people think that's like common knowledge. So they kind of disregard that advice sometimes. But I think it's so important to like really remind people of that, especially you saying that when you went to college, you didn't see people like you doing the things that you wanted to do. So to be able to now be that person for a younger girl that didn't necessarily see herself, I think is so important and so exciting. Um, So not only are you doing all this stuff, but you also have babies that you've added to your life because you can't stop being busy. It turns out. Oh my God. What is happening to life? I know. um, This is so wild. So what has been, it has there been, I mean, I'm sure it's been this incredible, crazy whirlwind ride for you. Has there been like, the most surprising thing have you learned about yourself obviously in any ways that you didn't expect oh my god I um I not to sound like an asshole but I didn't really realize how much of a team my husband and I are because mm. you know we've gotten lost and found our way like on vacation we put together <laughs> ikea furniture yeah. we even started a furniture store together like we've done shit together but to be in this process of five years and four miscarriages him driving me to every doctor's appointment him giving me all the shots unless i'm on the road and then he's on the facetime walking me through the shots wow. for him picking me up off the bathroom floor because i'm in pain or i am just utterly just you know done just mm-hmm. done with the day just done with this process for him to still sort of, you know, be this quiet, gentle giant. Who's like, just very strong in all of it is, you know, when people are like, it brought us closer together. I just want to be like, did it? But sometimes (laughs) it fucking do. And, um, yeah, when you least expect it. So I feel like I didn't know how strong we were. That's amazing. I also didn't know how attractive we were. You know, I just, I'm just saying, like, these kids look good. I see other kids, I'm just like, I damn, they, they don't have hair yet at a year and a half. Our kids are just like Uniqlo red dunk. I mean, even when they were born, I was just like, everybody looks so inbred. And even the nurses are just like, they, these, these babies are handsome. I know, bitch. So, like, I'm very excited because, yes, they're good people. Yes, sure. But they're also like so cute. Like I cannot, you know, uh, mixed prints, give it to me. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And I think that's something that uh, new parents probably overlook and don't think about till they actually see the child face to face that like, oh, right. Yeah, you've got a little E.T. and you got to <laughs> change that diaper. <laughs> oh, oh, I uh, you, you and your husband also celebrated 10 years together. Yes. Congratulations. 
10 years of marriage, 12 years together, out of a one night stand. You guys, open your legs to love <laughs> and your heart and your mind. Be careful. You're too cute for bacteria. Get tested. Did you know they found COVID in semen? Don't swallow that shit. Oh. I am just saying. This is, I mean, you're a wheelhouse of information and education. And it's. <laughs> it is I'm so the everyone fires. We're like, shut up. <laughs> Oh, that's so Bro, great. Wait, people so, are lonely. So you and your husband met through a one night stand. Yes. Okay. And then what was the situation after that led to seeing each other again? It was really him in the follow up. Cause I was mm. like, I don't even know how to say your name, bro. I don't even know where Amsterdam <laughs> is really. So, so nice to meet you. Thank you for not being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for taking your shoes off when you came in. Bye. And so he he sent me a picture like three days later. And he was like, put this on your website was a subject. And it was like a picture he took of us like in bed, just like uh-huh. hugging. But my boob was hanging out. And I was like, oh, I can't put that on my website because my boob's hanging out. And then <laughs> he's a photographer. So he photoshopped my boob out and put a mustache on me. I was like, wow. This boy's fucking funny. And so, <laughs> It was just like a weird, he totally dated me um, over um, the internet. He wooed me uh-huh. um, in a way where I had dates lined up in New York. Where I'm like, I don't feel like going to this date and pretending that this person's interesting. I yeah. would rather have my glass of wine at home and talk to this Dutch dude. <laughs> and um, every morning when I would wake up, he'd send me an email and the subject would be song of the day. And he would just like pick a song for me to listen to. I'm just like, wow. Who are you? <laughs> wow. He's in a boy good. He's breaking all the molds. Jeez. I know. Uh, no, well, now you guys are obviously a wonderful unit. Is there any sort of like secret code of how much of your personal life you're allowed to share does he have like a boundary put in place for that he does and i didn't even know he did like <laughs> five years in he, and i'm like i just decided to ask him he didn't even say anything i was like is there anything you don't want me to do he's like you know what i really don't like when you um make me stand up at your shows and have people clap for my dick i said <laughs> i thought you loved that you were waving like the fucking queen okay there are certain things. And then my mom was like, you know what? I don't like it when you make me stand up and have people clap for my titties. I said, I thought we were here. I thought we were here. I was celebrating you. I thought I was celebrating you guys. Who knew? Oh, I was like Abby Miller. I had yeah. no one do it. <laughs> it's always good to communicate on those on those levels and figure out where to go from there uh the more you know the more you know okay we're gonna take a quick break when we get back i have a million more questions for you so we'll be right back with more not too deep Okay, we are back with Michelle. Now, uh, what is it like? You have your first stand-up special coming out at the end of September. You must be very excited, but it must also be this weird thing because you shoot it already. And what's this time like before it comes out, this in-between? Um, this limbo? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's wild, but it also is really just... <laughs> so necessary and fun to look forward to something i'm Mm -hmm. thirsty for it i watched a special you know to make edits and i was like god i remember this just a fun time i forgot a lot of the jokes because it does feel like another life and i picked the date march 1st to film because that was my grandma's birthday and she lived in jamaica um and so we'd always go to jamaica for her birthday and it was always like this fun time in the winter and so when i saw that date i was like mavis louise I see you, girl. Um, thank you, boo. And um, I'm so glad I picked that date because any day after that, w- it would have gotten shut down. Like, I really feel for those comedians who have been yeah. working on their set, honing their hour only for it to be like, I don't know, on pause for the cause. But 
it I wanted the special to feel like a night out in New York and now it feels like the last night out in New York. Yeah. Um, it's going to feel I mean watching it's going to be so exciting cuz I think it's going to give people a taste of like what was and that what might right. be able to come back in the future. <laughs> right. I'm like high-fiving strangers, there's drag queens, I motorboat like just some stranger like <laughs> oh, I miss motorboating strangers, you know? Well, how did you, um, yeah, truly one of the greatest activities that we're all missing out on. Uh, what was the prep like? Because I've talked to other comedians about it and I don't do stand up and I have such respect for people that do because it is terrifying to me. But what was your prep like in getting this together? Um, I feel like I was working on material for a while, but when the babies were born, it really, feel, it really felt like an aha moment aha moment where I was just like oh I've been waiting to get to the other side of this mountain mm. so I've just been waiting the, for the the right to earn tired mom jokes yeah, and so yeah. I'm like, here we are and uh Paige Hurwitz and Wanda Sykes produced it and they're just an amazing um duo that um you know because Wanda has been doing stand-up forever and has so many specials they they know what people will react to. They know what standups want to do in their first special. And they sort of just were like these wonderful producers slash therapists. Wow. Um, cool. Yeah. So it was really fun working with them. I, I just love the experience. And um, I mean, we had drag queens opening and Jessica Kirsten uh. did um, warm up. I keep hitting my desk, which is just, <laughs> it's just, it's laundry day. It's also laundry day and podcasting day. So here we are. I love it. You, can't, you can't stop being relatable. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, but it's also nice to know that you're in good hands and to know that like you can trust the opinions of the people that are helping you put this together and really feel like you're guided correctly. Because I feel like this is such a special thing for stand-ups and their first one, I feel like it's almost... I mean, I don't know either of these experiences, but like having a baby almost. It No, it really is. And um, they, you know, if you are um, not just a female stand-up, but if you want to do anything, right, um, and you feel like you have to go to these four people, these four guys, because those are the people everyone goes to, and that's, they're supposed to be the it, the it people, and they, yeah. like, are the, the gatekeepers. Like, no, that's not so. Like, there is... Um, real power in going somewhere where you're celebrated and not tolerated and mm. people will hear you. And what I loved about Paige and Wanda is um, they understand how specials work. They understand how Netflix specials work. They did Tiffany Haddish's and Fortune Feimsters. And, um, you know, the fact that most people don't think women are funny, the fact that people will um, tune out within the first 10 minutes all these things, they're just like, we have to think about these things. And yeah. so it was so nice to work with people that have your back. And, you know, for anyone who is trying to get into something, whether it's screenwriting or book writing or, you know, good old makeup artist, I don't know what you're mm -hmm. trying to get into, but there is real power in working with people, you know, like a for us bias situation. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. makes so much sense. Uh, it makes you feel just like, I'm sure that your final product you feel that much more sound about and that much more like enthusiastic about. Yeah. Um, speaking of working with people that know how to challenge gatekeepers, you worked on. <laughs> Are you a mall cop? Cause you got a segue, honey. Big time, big time, big time. It's all I got these days. Uh, <laughs> you're in Work It, the new Netflix movie that's yeah. uh, dancing and there's a lot of um, you know new media internet kids kind of in that movie uh, did you learn anything from them about social media about digital world at all oh my goodness I did I feel like less is more why am I overthinking something I have to write mm. a post I could just like write a sentence that is punny and funny and just like leave it like mm. I'm out here doing the most I'm just <laughs> like did I conjugate this verb properly nobody cares <laughs> also also there's nothing wrong with like really like sort of appreciating your filters you know what I mean mm. um but what I loved about working on this movie, I mean, Sabrina Carpenter and just everybody, you know, they're so much younger than me, but they also have been in the business 
forever. And so no matter if they're like, you know, 18 or 58, everybody was sort of like on the same page when it came to the business and making executive decisions because Sabrina also EP'd it. And I was like, damn, this is boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's the... that's the fun and intimidating thing about successful like digital uh, content creators is that they the really successful ones are incredibly intelligent super hardworking, and like really understand the business side of it and it's intimidating in a way but very cool yeah I mean it's it's very cool like a master class but at a lunch table I'm sure the you said you love reality TV. Uh, have you gotten into anything lately? What are you what are you watching if you ever have time? Because I feel like your hours must be stacked. Hours are stacked. I have between eight and nine p.m., which is my me time. And sometimes okay. I just stare at a wall. But for the most <laughs> part, I love I love the Real Housewives of mm. New York. Although it is a little aggressive, and they just fired Dorinda because she's drunk all the time, and I feel yeah. sad about that. But also, you can't be drinking like that. Yeah, I know. I'm super into them, and I stopped watching this season because it just got a little repetitive and a little like uh, hopeless. I felt like I couldn't root yeah. for anyone. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, how are you making Ramona look like the good? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, God, I really, like feel bad saying that, but oops. yeah. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, watching mm. that. Um, yes, come out with your Prosecco line anytime you feel like it. Who are these people? <laughs> a fashion line? Like, who are these people? Just work those ponytails before they work you. I've never seen people <laughs> get four hours of glam just to fight at a dinner table. I'm like, this is the worst Thanksgiving dinner I've ever been to in another uh, country. I you know. You flew out here so you could fight in a different time zone. I love it. Now I just want a montage of over the years when they want to get out of their conversations of them just going bravo, bravo, bravo over and over again. Oh my God. Who knew? But they're also in Italy. So I'm like, bravo, bravo. Yeah, that was very confusing. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. That is my uh, fucking everything. The first, the last, my everything. I mean, also my husband and I were sort of like on that visa, but we were just like, Oh, no, we right. definitely want to get married. So we love the hot mess that is Michael and Angela. Angela, like <gasps> getting married in Nigeria because she's always done. Yes. Her bra is a bodega. It's, there's probably a metal detector in there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Who doesn't enjoy watching a white South African dude just like gnaw on a piece of meat and yell at his wife in front of his family? <laughs> this is amazing. This is why the government gives us 90 days to decide how sad we're going to fucking be. Uh-huh. Also. It's insane. And I'm just like, David, you spent over $500,000 trying to talk to a Ukrainian woman. <laughs> you oh couldn't just God. like go to Queens? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I know. There is. Oh, I mean, this is why I feel like the circle handled this a little bit better but i i do i have like my my boyfriend has gotten into reality tv because i'm such a reality tv junkie but 90 day fiance is the one that he kind of draws the line because he's like that's a little too real and sad at moments that i can't oh like, no it's so good big ed taking a uh, shower in the philippines with a rat that's in the <laughs> cancer are you serious oh, i just want to pour cold water on ed's titties that is everything what your boyfriend needs to get his life no, i know this is so much better all of it i know and so then much better. after all of the giving her a toothbrush and toothpaste and just being like because your breath is after bad. all of the yeah she, she's sleeping by an albino rat who gives a shit about her breath go save her ed uh, bring her in prince to america what's wrong with you it's um incredible. but i watch like more stuff too like indian matchmaking or love on the spectrum mm, mm-hmm feel good stuff yes 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 we just finished love on the spectrum and uh i want more of it immediately it was so so heartwarming so valuable because Mm -hmm. what a beautiful question to say okay now they've graduated school what next yeah you never think like that exactly um is there a reality show that you would want to be on other than the circle no no, yeah. <laughs> That's what no. I feel like too. Are I'm <laughs> I'm strictly an observer. I don't want to be in this. Yes. And that's no, why it brings no, me joy. Yeah. Who told you that? No. <laughs> no, nobody. Nothing. I would love to be like a judge in America's Got Talent. So I'd be like, everyone yeah. goes through to the live round. No winners. They'd <laughs> be like, Michelle, stop. You can't keep doing that. <laughs> uh, Where are the gold sparkles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, well, okay. Now that you've come, uh, you you started out in the news world. 
it, do you where do you get your news from these days if you like uh, check in <laughs> the void got it okay. i know i'm like is it an apple or a banana i mean i kind of do everything i still do i still do news the way i did it back then where i'm sort of you know, um, chiming into all of it, the mm. conservative, the liberal, all the things to see what people are saying. Um, also, I've never read so much Telegraph, which is a, a Dutch um, outlet. Mm. So I think it's really interesting to see what the BBC is saying. And then also other places that have COVID under control, yeah. um, that have a different political system with more than two parties. You know, yeah. uh, the thing about, I don't want to say the thing about Holland is so nice, but it, it really is. Um, Every country has their thing, but it's really beautiful in Holland that at least they have like 12 political parties. Mm. So you could be gay, but fiscally conservative and and feel seen. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it isn't just like this or that. And so this has just been a crazy ass time. I mean, yeah. my husband's bald, but he's growing his hair and I'm losing my hair. We are a mess. <laughs> we aren't just like cast away, but just gaining weight instead of losing. But we've learned how to fish. It is. So oh, insane. There you go. I mean, you're working on your survival skills. So <laughs> yeah. in case, in case whatever's <laughs> going to happen. I think that's smart. I haven't thought about that, of looking at the more international news outlets to see how they're covering and reporting on everything. We're, that's yeah, how much of a bubble we're in. I know. I know. But even Canadian news, like especially what are mm. people saying about us? It is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And they have different facts that we don't have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a good way to fact check. Uh, I haven't thought about that. Now I have some work to do this afternoon. Thank you for uh, informing me. Um, okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, I have a bunch of Twitter questions for you that are all very wonderful. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, I do want to ask you about First Wives Club. This is so exciting. Um, uh, you must be, I mean, among all the other great, wonderful things that are going on for you, uh, how how did you hear the news? Like, how did this, how did you find out that you were going to be part of this and that this was happening? Oh, man, this is so crazy. Um, I was actually in Vancouver filming Always Be My Maybe when I got the audition. And I kind of didn't take it seriously because I'm like, this is definitely going to be an offer to someone famous. Uh -huh. And I think as, uh, you know, just like struggling actors, you sure, always sure. think, you know, Tessa Thompson ain't busy. I'm <laughs> sure she got, they're going to get somebody to test somebody, you know? And when I read that Jill Scott was attached, I was like, that's awesome, but there's no way they're going to hire, you know, um, two actresses that are a size eight. So I just sort of like told and this is the thing I tell people, don't tell yourself no before other people tell you no. Mm. And I was like, I guess I'll do this, you know, because I'm in Vancouver. What else am I doing? You know what I mean? Just breathing yeah. their good air and having an edible and looking at whales. Sure. <laughs> let's do this. And so um, there's also this time where um, I was like coming down from the IVF train, mm. but I was still very emotional because the hormones were all up in the system. And so for a lot of auditions, I would just like end up crying at the end, but like mm. definitely through my funny lines. And they're yeah. like, this is wild. What a great button. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and so for the audition, um, there was a scene where she sort of tells her friends that she's breaking up with her childhood sweetheart because he's cheated on her. Mm -hmm. And I've been cheated on before, like in high school and in college. But, you know, I just remember what that hurt was like when someone that you um, thought you knew is not that person at all. And you have to figure out how to put your life together. Yeah. Which sounds crazy, but it is a shock. And so I don't know, I was by myself coming down the IVF train, real tapped in <laughs> and gave them an audition that they were just like, is she okay? I mean, <laughs> That's <laughs> how you know. Yeah. And that's how you know you nailed it too, is when they love it, but they're also a little concerned for your mental health. <laughs> that was good. She's okay, right? Right. Okay, cool. Uh, wow. 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 Yeah. So that must have been wild for you. Emo like, what an emotional roller coaster. 
It really was. Um, also, we were in the process of, you know, working with our surrogate. And so I just felt like so out of control mm. for so many things that I was like, okay, I'm just going to work my ass off because I have control of that. Yeah. Um, and so it was really fun to have something to look forward to. That's awesome. I'm so excited. I mean, I add it to the list of amazing things that you're up to. It's very cool. Um, okay. okay, I'm going to get into Twitter questions. Before I do, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. And the okay. first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Wow. Okay. I don't know if we've had that for an answer. Any particular reason why? I just think he'd get a kick out of it. Yeah. I think he'd eat it and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it'd be fun, actually. I think that'd be a great idea. I'd be like, bravo, 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 bravo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. The other question I ask every guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or um, like a close call, but you can only use three words or small phrases. So for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Catholic, Catholic school, jello, front seat. Okay. Wow. I like that it was a religious experience. (laughs) Yes, it was biblical. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. No follow-up questions to that. Uh, let's Thank get into so these. <laughs> Welcome. Let's get into these Twitter <laughs> questions. Someone says, um, I'm buying my first apartment, adulting at its finest. And it's made me wonder what is something you thought you would do with your own place when you were a kid that now seems weird. Um, gosh, I don't know. I've always been like an old soul. I feel like I'm like a little big titty Benjamin Button now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how to answer that, you know? I've always wanted more than one bathroom because I feel like that's a true sign of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with yeah. you 100%, 100%. Do you, have you and your husband cultivated like a hybrid design aesthetic for your home? Yeah, he's definitely more mid-century modern and I'm more boho chic. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice. I mean, either way, it's so nice not having to go to Pier 1 Imports because I'm not 22 anymore. Nobody needs that many elephants in their house in the future or Delta. Let's be honest. So and we also own a furniture business together called Vandermost Modern. Vandermostmodern.com. Ow. Yeah, so, that's so okay. This is uh, this is still happening, your furniture business. It is. It's, we're actually doing better than ever, which is great because I'm realizing that people are home and they have to like turn one space into eight different functions. But mm-hmm. also, you know, um, his belief, which I love and believe in now and want to teach our kids is that you have to buy things that um, are well made. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think we're just like a new now next sort of um, culture. And it's really important to buy things that are well made that will appreciate. So you know, you have your money, make some money, boo. Yeah. Have your money, make some money. You deserve it, honey. <laughs> That's great advice. I, especially because I feel like so many people don't like graduate from a dorm aesthetic in their design yeah. because there's not many options to do so. And- I am not spreading my legs in my 20s or 30s for a man <laughs> who has like tax on a poster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Frame. Get out. <laughs> Um, okay. I, this is a very funny tweet. Someone says, ask her, uh, ask her how I saw her outside a party supply store in Brooklyn two summers ago. I'm sure she remembers me. I was in an Uber (laughs) yelling out the window. Is that Michelle Buteau? Uh, I don't remember that, but that seems, that just seems so sweet. Very sweet. Do you have, do people mistake you for other people ever? Oh my God. Are you really? serious? Who, yes. What's, what do you get? Anyone from Raven Simone to Kim Coles to their bank teller to their cousin. <laughs> bitch, you don't know we're not related? Like, how many cousins do you have, bitch? It's really crazy. Or they like know me, but don't know from, you look familiar. Yeah, bitch. I'm yeah. on TV. <laughs> you think I'm Nicole Byer? Really? Nicole, since 2012. I met an executive one time at a meeting, just the one time. 
Uh, and he was like, love your work. I nailed it. I said, that's the other <laughs> one, bitch. You really got to get it together. We look nothing alike. Oh, my Just God. like a big bitch that just loves herself. They're like, they're all the same. Oh, oh God. I hope they were horribly embarrassed. Uh Someone wants to know which horror movie stereotype would you be? Oh. And and when in the order would you die, if at all? Oh, my God. So I've always wanted to do a horror movie because mm. I am so jumpy and scared <laughs> all the time that yeah. it could look real uh-huh. um, every time. And um, I would definitely be the I'm so scared that but I'm also so flexible. Nobody would think that I could like jump that high or fit under that bed. <laughs> so I'm definitely Liam Neeson's daughter in this scenario where the bitch is going to survive. And I want to come black for you, bitch. Oh, I love that. I feel like that is a, a film that could happen. Um, <laughs> someone wants oh, to know. Netflix. Hey, someone wants to know how many days of work was the circle? Oh, God. What are you, my accountant? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a really well-oiled machine. So um, they film. I watch. Uh, I do some voiceover. We have, yeah, do like, you, Do you get to watch, like, raw footage and see what's going on? Yeah, but I prefer to watch edited because yeah. that just feels like I'm, like, watching them. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> but now I know what you like. Uh yeah. It, well, it's like that's why I can't get into the Big Brother show. That's the one that has never really appealed to me because it feels yeah. too too weird lines of intimacy as like an audience member for me. Yeah, like I don't need to see you pick your wedgie. Like come <laughs> on. Yeah. Frying the egg and picking a wedgie. It's like yeah. goodbye. Uh someone to know, do you prefer making movies or doing stand-up? Oh my god, I prefer all of it. All of it, all the time. Mm -mm -mm. I love connecting with people. I love looking cute. I love wearing a kitten heel. And I love making money. Is there a creative project or like a genre of entertainment that you haven't worked in yet that you want to? Like theater, musicals, like shit like that? Yeah, I just told my agent like I probably, it was it last year or this year, what is space or time? (laughs) A construct. Uh-huh. I I said I would love to do theater, but now I don't know about that. Ugh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Is there, uh, is there like a dream role or project that like you have always wanted to do that hasn't no. uh, happened yet, or you're just you're accomplishing all your dreams? I am. I <laughs> I have some realistic ass goals, which in turn makes everything seem amazing. Mm. Um. You know, I would love to create content as well. I mean, you know, by that, I mean, write a movie, mm. you know, be the bride, not the bridesmaid type shit. That'd yeah. be amazing. But I also feel like um, that'll happen, you mm-hmm. know, that'll happen. Just can we just go to the store without thinking we're going to die first? I know. Okay. Here's the last question before we wrap up. Um, someone's to know, uh, have you learned anything in quarantine, good or bad? Yeah. Good God. I mean, not only are you quarantining, you're quarantining with your children now while having all of these projects to promote going on in a world where you can't like physically go out and do the normal promotions for it. So it must be wild for you. It is wild. I'm I definitely like to be a glass half full kind of bitch. So at least I get to be home with them and see them you know, um, not just grow, but make that face they never made, do that Mm. thing, hug each other, you know, eat with a fork. And then I can go promote whatever I need to promote and still be home and not do all the travel. I mean, I miss seeing people, but in terms of learning stuff about myself, it's like, you know, I, I've always been, um, I've always been sensitive, but, um, I just never, I, and I always love a good cry, but Mm -hmm. I, I have cried every day. I have Mm. cried every day. There is um, so much death and so much fighting and so much violence and so much um, just evil shit going on that I really did not feel like I knew COVID would be bad, but I didn't know it would turn into um, a horror movie. Um, 
and I live close to Hart Island, which is an island in New York where um, the government owns it. And basically it's a mass burial site for people who have died alone. Wow. So like Jane and John Doe's, um, AIDS victims, um, industry fires um, in the 20s. And so there's been a lot of people that they've been burying uh, as of late. And um, it's really so shocking and sad to see that refrigerated truck come and do whatever they have to do. But it's such a beautiful island that it feels like, wow, how fucking sad and fucked up that these people died by themselves. But how beautiful that they get to be buried all together you know, for eternity yeah. on this beautiful place. And so I'm constantly trying to find the good in what the fuck it all means. And, yeah. um, you know, I am, yeah, I have to tag team with my husband to take a shit and to do stuff because, <laughs> you know, it's like we're in a dryer of like baby limbs. We're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then, you know, I look in there, I look at their pictures and I'm like, fuck, this is, I, this is my responsibility to the universe to raise, dope ass human beings that will not you know tear the world down yeah girl bye i don't even know where the fuck she went that was my don no moment, honey. i think that's wonderful because i i think like i said earlier you have such a beautiful ability to live out loud very authentically and it doesn't feel like you put on a persona that is not true to you and like you said earlier stepping into your gift and realizing that you have a power and being able to give that to the world, even in these times where people, I think, need it more than ever, uh, yeah. is is like a superpower in and of itself because you're handling the world and also being able to give this gift that you've worked really hard and diligently on to people. And I think it means even more right now. And the fact that you're being real and raw and honest is just even... Um, I think helping people feel not alone, you know, that circle Thank thing. You. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. I'm so excited that you're like fucking hustling and making cool shit and like really being such a wonderful, I, for lack of a better word, like role model for young women and boys. Oh my God. It's, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. And it's also very inspiring to myself and I'm sure so many other people. Um, before we wrap up completely, usually when we do this podcast in person, we have a uh, personalized fortune cookie that we give our guest as a gift for making time for us. But because we're doing it digitally, we have a virtual fortune cookie for you that I believe Melissa has emailed to you. What? <laughs> Surprise. You guys, I feel like I just got a rose. <laughs> Someone may or may have not pre-ordered your book, Survival of the Thickest, assuming at least one chapter was on dick girth. Outlook not good. Mm. Whoa. Unfortunately. How did you know? Siri, how did you know? <laughs> uh, oh, Michelle man. Talk this, about growing into your worth. Right, right. Uh, this has been really lovely. Thank you for making time. I know that you're super, super busy. Uh, where can people find everything that you're up to? Where can they pre-order the book and see the special if they don't already know? Oh, my God. Get your life together. If they follow <laughs> you, they know how the Internet works. Who gives a fuck? It's Here's B-U-T-E-A-U, bitch. Yes. Hell yes. Please go check out everything she's up to. It is so exciting. I can't wait to see what the, the next year brings for you because onwards and upwards. Oh, my uh, God. Hopefully it is a mask free journey. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Thank you again, Michelle. This was lovely. And we'll see you guys oh my next God. time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Bye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. Mm -hmm.